Welcome to the Mike and Alan Report. I am filling in for Warren today because he's busy with something. We decided impromptu to go live with this because of all the crazy developments that are going on in the Middle East right now. So we're still kind of getting our stuff together. So bear with us. I just had doing a bunch of stuff. I just posted the stream to Telegram. We're on TRS Live now. Those of you listening, share the stream with people. It's subscriber only for streams, of course, but there it is. Tell your friends. Join at therightstuff.biz slash paywall. If they join with Bitcoin, they can get and listen to it right now. What's going on? But other than that, here we are. Big news out of Israel. I woke up this morning at like 10 o'clock because I'm lazy and I sleep in on Saturdays. And I, immediately I saw everybody was going crazy. And I'm still trying to wrap my mind around what happened. Apparently, sometime in the early morning... Hamas soldiers infiltrated into infiltrated across the Gaza border, have captured a number of towns in South Israel, uh, have taken hostage, have killed a number of IDF troops. They overran a number of Israeli military bases, killed the troops in them, took the officers captive. They seem to have a number of Israeli military officers captive. They have even taken over some of the towns down there surrounding the Gaza Strip and have taken the Israeli, the Jew civilians captive. I've seen now a number of videos of this. They seem to have whole towns of Jews captive, uh, unless there's something that I'm, I'm missing here. So effectively, the Palestinians have actually done a more effective offensive than the Ukrainians. I mean, it's amazing. Uh, it, it, this I've is never huge. seen a move like this from them in a while. This is quite remarkable. And they, they said they were going to attack on land, air, and sea, and they actually did. They had some motorboat attacks. They, they went up the beach in motorboats and dismounted and got off that way. And they even had some guys, I've heard, going in in hang gliders. And I think they've also got drones, and they've got missiles uh, that they've been firing at Israel as well. So, yeah. I mean, what was your immediate reaction to all of this? Well, I... You know, I was really busy this week with a lot of personal stuff. I had car problems and all, and I knew we were going to do the show. You were going to do it with me because Warren was on the road. And I thought, i got to get some stuff together. But, you know, what are we going to talk about? And then when I woke up this morning and I looked at this, I thought, well, Someone forget about forget <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it was – I mean, I just couldn't believe it going through this stuff. I mean, there's reports of this uh, – some tanks, Israeli tanks being destroyed. Yeah, they, they, they they're, managed they're, they're, to get them to get some tanks. The ones in those bases, I guess they're sitting idle, and I guess they blew them up, or maybe they've hit them with anti-tank missiles. I mean, who knows what kind of gear they have? They've probably been smuggling gear in. The Iranians, I know, the Iranians and uh, the Lebanese, the Hezbollah guys and the Iranians have a, have a pretty advanced smuggling pipeline. And they were doing. I noticed this. I learned about this when they had the war in 2021 against Hamas, where it was just a missile exchange for uh, about 11 days between the two sides. <clears throat> and the, the 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 Palestinians were getting through some of the Iron Dome. But, you know, they only killed about 11 Jews in that in that war. They only killed like 10 or 11 Jews, and like a couple hundred Palestinians died, which is always the always the balance on that. And yeah. uh, in this case, right now, the balance of casualties is on the Jewish side, which is remarkable. That's not normal at all for these conflicts but they do have a pretty advanced smuggling pipelines from lebanon you know where they even will do stuff like lebanese guys would get in speed boats and and zip down the coast just outside of israeli range and then drop packages off and then palestinian guys in in scuba suits would go down and get them and bring them back into the gaza strip and they'd put them to put the missile parts together and it's all coming through iran and uh apparently they, they probably have drones now too coming through iran and, you know, this is the whole reason why America is always saber-rattling at Iran. And, yes, it's probably 
pretty inconceivable that uh, there isn't some kind of Iranian involvement here. But, you know, good for them. Well, well, we've been so used to for years just watching the Palestinians and you got to give them credit. I mean, they're making in their little auto shops and stuff. They're yeah. making these little rockets and then they fire a bunch of them in there. And most of them land in a the field. They rarely hit anybody. Yeah. And it, it mainly just makes these Jews panic and yeah. run for their shelters. And that's about it, you know. Right. And when I woke up this morning and started reading these reports, it took me back to when I was 19 years old in 1973. Yeah. Uh, uh I haven't seen anything like this since then. And that's when you this had is two the 50th anniversary. It's not quite exactly, but it's yeah. close. It was in October. Yom it Kippur was, in- was last, was very recently. When is Yom Kippur this year? Uh, yeah. But Let me see. It doesn't matter. It, uh, but, but I'm, yes, it was the 25th of September this year, but whatever. Yeah. It's, it's, okay, basically, yeah. it's basically the 50th anniversary of that war today. Yeah. 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 And that was and that was, you know, you had two state powers. You had Syria and yeah. e- Egypt that launched a, the attack on the Israelis. And and uh, I was working on a barn at the time. I was up on a scaffold uh, pointing this old stone barn. Uh, this is this is an anniversary. It, it was it, great. That and, war and I was, started October 6th, 1973. This is the 50th anniversary. That's not going to be lost on anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the first three days of that war, I was I had a transistor radio up on a scaffold. And while I was working, and uh, they, they, those days were pleasant, man, working mm-hmm. up there. It was uh, I was just listening. And they were they were destroying uh, Israeli tanks uh, and pushing into the, into the territory that they had captured from the from the Palestinians before. And and I remember it got so bad. And this is interesting because of this Ukraine thing now. But uh, they weren't reporting it much in the mainstream press. But all the like the little movement dissident outlets. We had these reports of, of where U.S. commanders in Europe were saying that that we're if the Soviets would launch an attack into Europe now we're screwed because we have basically stripped Europe of all our tanks and stuff and sent them to you know replenish the Israelis with the ones that the Arabs, the Egyptians, and the Syrians destroyed, and so and and now it's kind of it happened in reverse here. Yeah. We shot yeah. our wad in Ukraine, or or in the process of doing that. Yeah. And, and now, I mean, this is a brilliant time to do this, you know. Yeah. And it's right at the time when the Ukraine offensive is failing or has been basically is being acknowledged as failing. The only people that really haven't acknowledged it are some of the more um, really invested people in it. And But like even the um, like the uh, as far as the whole war, you know, America's not given up on it. But this offensive thing that the Ukrainians were doing since since the summer is done like they can't they didn't gain they gained a couple of towns they now have this one little notch they cut out of the russian line um but that's just going to get swallowed up um because they they they've lost so many people and so much gear and we sent so much gear and and we don't have the you know the west got cocky man like the, the zionists the jews they got cocky they didn't they weren't producing the right kind of weapons they're producing these super high tech jets and and missile systems and whatnot but the actual stuff they need for an on the ground, those kind of fights, they just didn't have, and the Russians have it in in huge amounts, and they're also getting them from the North Koreans who have just stockpiles of artillery shells, and, yeah. and we just don't have that. And and yeah. we had, you know, there's a story I was talking about a few months ago how the one factory in America that made black gunpowder blew up, and they didn't rebuild it, and you know they need, they still need that stuff, they still need basic gunpowder just to ignite 
the 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 shells that they've got, even just as a little ignition mechanism. So even in, in advanced advanced munitions that we have now, they still need basic gunpowder just to light the fire. And they don't we that like stalled our production of these type of, of munitions for years. And now you know, the Ukrainians are just using them up and the Russians have like ten times as much uh, artillery as they do and we were dumping everything in there. Europe has basically been demilitarized, one by the US occupation and now also by what, what little they had they've sent to Ukraine. So it's a mess. And and now when we we're so focused on that as well as the diplomatic front with China, you know, and, and, and also with Russia trying to recruit all these countries to go and, and be against Russia and, and try and pull them away from the China Russia axis and all this stuff. And even they started losing um some of these Middle East countries. So now the Saudis are pushing a real hard bargain because one thing the Jews really want is a normalization agreement with Saudi Arabia. And yeah. they want that so that um, to avoid any Saudi Iranian uh, diplomacy, they, they, there's a number of reasons that they want it. Um, yeah. And also because they see the Saudis as like the head of the Sunni Muslims in the Middle East, the ones that are, the, you know, control that community. But yeah. Yeah. Well, well you, I mean, you can see, a bunch of countries issued statements supporting Israel's right to defend itself against oh, terrorists. So, yeah. I mean, this is a great, this is a great time to see which countries are, if you had any doubt about it, are actually in Zog's pocket because oh, they're yeah. all coming forth with these statements, you know, Dude, on a, on a lower level, it's a great time to see what personalities are in Zog's pocket. Yes, absolutely. Cause I'm out here looking I want to know. I'm interested in who's reacting and how. And I'm seeing, you know, these guys. Of course, we always knew Tommy Robinson and guys <laughs> like that in the UK or just Zio Shills. He's out here crying, crying his, his brutal tears over over the Jews, the poor Jews. It's like, shut up, shut the yeah. hell up. Yeah, yeah. Just, just stop it, gargling uh, Jew cock for one day of your life. It's pathetic. Well, the, you, you know, you can see it on the left too. Yes. It, it, you know, it, it's. Well, let, me, uh, let me read you what I wrote on Telegram and see what you yeah. think about it. My last post that I wrote, I said this. I said every fake right wing nationalist who's not actively celebrating the attack on the Zionist state is exposed. Who's paying you? Who are you afraid of? Is the Overton wif- window shifting enough for you? And every fake left wing Jew or Antifa activist that pretends to be sympathetic to the Palestinians paints them as weak and tries to contain their radical sentiment with NGOs, aid money, and tears is exposed. This is what you are always trying to prevent, an effective retaliation against your racial homeland for its crimes. And that's true. Every single, every one of these phony left-wing Jewish groups that that cries tears and sends aid and, oh, we got to help these poor people, (laughs) and, like, they're just getting in there so that, like, oh, there's a good Jew, there's a Jew that likes us. We have a yeah. Jewish friend. Look, without yeah. this Jewish friend, where would we be? And it's like, well, meanwhile, that, that, that person is organizing you people to be a bunch of pussies. Uh, and every all these Palestine organizations in America, too, there are all these, these, these liberal westernized Arabs in them that are in league with the Jews. And they say stuff like, well, we don't, we don't support you know, radical violence. We don't support anti-Semitism. And it's like, who wins from doing that? Who yeah. wins when you do that? Uh, yeah, well, the, you know, there's a local guy, and uh, he's like a Christian peace guy, and I'll give him credit. He went over there like, you know, like Rachel Carey, and uh, yeah. uh, so he did. He did. He put himself in front of the. Uh, That's a little Israel. different. I'll give him credit for that. Yeah, I'll give him credit for that. But that guy is always so anxious to point out 
the handful of Jews yeah. that oppose what's going on. And he always, yeah. he, and, he, and it's like he wants to just say, well, I'm not like Alan. I'm not like Alan. I, you know, I know that there are good Jews and stuff. And, and, and it's just, it's like, it, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, who my, cares? My question it, is, who cares? Maybe. Maybe yeah. there is. I don't even yeah. I don't even totally discount the possibility there's a good Jew or there's a Jew yeah. who genuinely in his heart is against this stuff. Who cares? You know, that's, you know that, that's politically irrelevant. It's one guy. Why is you, it that we always have to praise the singular one Jew who's not like the rest of them? Why are we always so focused on that? Well, that you know what that's I always, irrelevant. You know what I like to say? You know, I'm, I'm into bird watching. My wife and I, we've been doing it for years. And you have these field guides to like to the birds, right. and you can go out there in the, in the woods, and, <laughs> and you you can look up a bird. You think that looks like this or that, and you look it up, and you say, "Oh no, it can't be because it's in a certain kind of habitat, and it right. does certain things." Right? And what they're doing is describing the type. Mm-hmm. Each species, they describe the type. Right. Now that doesn't mean that you can't find an individual bird. It's doing something totally off the wall and yeah. not like the type. Mm, but you as can't, a brain parasite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or something, right. But I mean, you you still, you have to describe the type. You can't, right. these outliers, you know, right. it, it, that's all they are. It's uh, Right, right. And and it, they're also, from the perspective of the political and, and the military conflict, they're irrelevant. They're non-factors. Like a yes. Jew who's genuinely anti-Zionist is just a non-factor. Because the other yeah. Jews will just be like, all right, well, you're not part of the thing. You can just go whatever, you know, get it, take up a hobby or something, like, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. who cares, right? And even, you know like, and, and guys like Noam Chomsky and guys like that, you know, they are absolutely part of the de-radicalization effort. They they take, um, you know, and they also, they want to get, they're very much into the, like, um, you know, the U.S. is the one that's victimizing Israel and things like that. Like, that's that's one of the, that's one of the, um, the tactics that guys like him use is they, they they'll, they'll, they'll offload it to, like, U.S. imperialism. Like, yeah. Israel is a base for U.S. imperialism. That's why it behaves that way. Right. Well, that's really dumb, because why Why does Israel behave this way, but the other outposts of U.S. imperialism behave a totally different way? Right, you know, right. It's like, it, that doesn't even make any sense. If, if Israel was behaving the way the other outposts of U.S. imperialism behaved, they'd be trying to busy integrating the Arabs and, you know, letting them live in their houses. And, you know, like, <laughs> right, 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 right. That's, what, that's right. what the European outposts of U.S. imperialism behaves like. So what are you talking about? So yeah. what Noam Chomsky is just trying to do is just take the anger of like a lot of young left-wing type people, you know, a lot of young left-wing whites mainly, and yeah. and pointing it just in the wrong direction, which is Jews are just masters of that. That's what they always do. It's one of their main, uh, you know, racial tactics. Uh, you know, power. I think uh, Stryker put something on there this morning uh, about don't don't ever think that Biden and, and people like that speak for the American people, that most Americans don't care about this, what's going on right now, or are yeah. glad to see it, you know? Yeah. And it's really true. It's, it's, I mean, you've been seeing more and more stuff lately about how even evangelicals, uh, the younger ones, yeah. are not, these, like, this Christian Zionism thing and defense of Israel is, is going down, you know? People, it's getting embarrassing, or it has been getting embarrassing for people to defend the Israelis when you see the brutality, the, this constant brutality against the Palestinians, all the stuff we're supposed to be against, ethnic cleansing, racism, you know, uh, you know, right. police stuff state. Stuff that we're getting blamed for, that we get, we they attack, we get attacked by Jews yeah, for doing yeah. this, and we're like, we're not doing any of it. <laughs> no, no, and no. Like, and like, all we're doing is trying to carve out a little place for ourselves, too. 
Yeah. And it's like, you know, and that's that's all right to do that. But this the shit they do, it's this is on another we have no plans of doing anything like that to anybody. No. We no. have no plans of like even some like you get sometimes you get these right wingers that are like, Well, we want to be more like Israel. I'm like, I don't. No. Well, I don't no. want to be hated by everybody and be at war with every country on my border and, and want yeah. all these people wipe want to wipe me out. You know, most people don't hate white people like that. The only people that do are like Jews and then they're they're sort of racial lackeys in America, like certain black groups and things like that. But even blacks, you know, you, you know, they uh, you got to really amp them up to hate whitey. Otherwise, they don't really care. They just want to go about their own whatever they do, you know, their, yeah, right, their right. own little, you know, antics that they're going to do in their own communities. Right? They're more interested in in who their grudge is with the other nigger down the street than they are about whitey most of the time. You know, yeah, yeah. that's much much more what they're occupied with is like so. So that's you know again. Hey, what's up? You know you're only hearing half of the show, right? And it's being indiscriminately uh, interrupted with these sales pitches because we just don't know how else to get your attention and get you over there. Uh, Our website, our podcasts are 100% listener funded. Uh, They are funded with your subscription. So if you could please do that, Uh, help us out. TheRightStuff.biz slash paywall. Thanks. And and you go to like these other countries, like the Chinese, ask them, what do you think about Europeans? Like, oh, they're great. We don't have a problem with them, you know? So... It's yeah. like only Jews are the ones that instigate this this, this anti whiteness all over the place, just because they're afraid of us and because they see us as the only group that can compete with them. And well, they, they need our countries. They, they don't mind. Uh, like I like living in a high trust society. You know, I live in a rural area that's all white, and people don't lock their doors. It's getting a little little uh, different Everybody's now with the, with the with now. the drugs. You know, their druggies yeah. are stealing shit. But for you know, I've been here for over thirty years, and most of the time, never locked the doors. It was just a high trust society, and like the Israelis, you know, they build this huge wall and cameras everywhere, and cops with machine guns. They don't seem to mind this. You're basically living in a prison, like, you know, and, and, and uh, they don't seem to mind it because there's a good buck in all that security stuff, I guess, and they're running a lot of it. But, but uh, I mean, I don't want to live like that, you know? Yeah. If, if you just have some, some decent relations with your neighbors, you, you, don't, you don't have to have that, you know? Right. right. If you're, but, yeah, uh, and the thing is, though, um, I actually think a lot of them do mind it. Uh, I think the ones that don't are, like, the militant the militant, if you will, like nationalists, like hardcore Zionist Jews, like the Chabad Lubavitch types, the real religious crazy ones, you know, those the ones yeah. who right now are going to be calling, are probably already calling for genocide. I've seen some calls for genocide by Jews like that already, just to genocide oh, yeah. all the Palestinians, just to wipe out the entire Gaza Strip and repopulate it with Jews. They're just saying, yeah. literally kill every Arab and repopulate it with Jews. There are Jews now saying that. Yeah. Um, and so, they actually been saying that for a long time. Oh, they've been saying rabbi, it forever, but the Israeli I remember Kahani state, 35, 40 years ago, that Rabbi Kahani, the JDL. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, they, and now they, they real, got they got uh, Ben Gavir, um, yeah. who was a who was a who was a follower of, of Kahan. Um, yeah, they uh, all those guys. And and what's going to happen though is you got these softer, more more liberal, like Western Westernized Jews who who go over there. It's like oh, nice weather over here, and they'll set us up with like a nice condo or something like that. They're all yeah. going to fucking leave after this. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna get yeah, the, you're gonna get because I'm I was reading like that that there all these Jews now right all across the country they're in shelters and they're flipping yeah. out and they're on social media and they're out there saying like we're moving we're leaving Israel we can't take this anymore the constant stress of this shit constantly happening and so you're going to get an exodus 
and it's going to be the softer ones. It's going to be the more liberal ones, and it's going to be the more like politically skilled type ones, the ones who are more allied to like the State Department in the yeah. U.S. And as a result, Israel's going to get stupider. It's going to become more of these crazy lunatic nationalist Jews, these these Zionist kikes, you know, these crazy ones. I mean, I just yeah. got a message from Stryker. Uh, hold on a second. Sure. Fill in for me for a second. Yeah. You know, the, one of the things that, that struck me this morning, I was looking at all these clips on Telegram, and uh, it shows, when I, when I see these IDF soldiers, they're decked out with, I don't know, I'm not up on that stuff, but it looks like they got at least $50,000 worth of equipment per soldier. Yeah. Helmet, helmets, goggles, you yeah, know, flak jackets, all this stuff. Yeah. And they're showing these, these Palestinians that overran these Israeli checkpoints and stuff. And they they were careful not to show their faces most of the time, but they're wearing just sneakers and just like street clothes, you know. And they got an AK or something, you know. But I mean, they're just just like the neighborhood guys to grab their AK and a bunch of ammunition, and they did it against these guys. And it just shows that this they build up this thing of this invincible Israeli IDF and all. Yeah. It's all horseshit. It's it's, no, it's totally a man bullshit. is a man. You catch a bullet in the head, or in the face, or something, and you're dead. It doesn't well, matter what. So the Jew army, they do have universal conscription in Israel. So young men and young women, Jews and you know, Arab Israelis, the Arab citizens of Israel, uh, who are really only there for optics sake, they are not drafted into the IDF. Now they do have, uh, they actually bring Africans, some of these Africans that claim to be Jewish, they like bring them in and they put them on the front lines and stuff like that because they don't really want them there frankly. Yeah. And they have one town that's actually near their nuclear reactor where they put all the Africans. It's true. It's actually funny. They, they built a town for the blacks yeah. that say they're Jewish in the middle of the <laughs> desert right by their nuclear reactor. That's where they, sent, that's where they put them. I'm not, I'm not joking. We did a you, whole story you, you on this. You guard one. the nukes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you just like whatever radiation comes off that, you know, we'll see what happens to you. <laughs> yeah, I'm right. serious. No, I'm yeah. not joking, dude. Oh, I totally I, believe I, it. No, that's exactly yeah. what they do. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, you know, and I swear to God, we did this bit uh, where we looked at this African community in Israel. And they <laughs> <laughs> apparently Galilee is known for its watermelon. And, like, they have, they have these blacks in Israel eating these watermelons. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's, too, it's too much. You know, what they, you know what one of the jobs that they do is? They okay. sing at bar mitzvahs. So they shuck and oh. jive for the Jews in Israel. And they eat watermelon. And they... <laughs> And they put, and <laughs> you see all these watermelon well, patches you want, springing up around nuclear sites. You want to know? It's funny, as you said. There's a type, right? There's a type. Yeah. Race, racial groups have types, and even yes. the blacks in Israel revert to type. They do. You, know? <laughs> you know, they're just well, they're just blacks. Oh my god, <laughs> that is funny, man. Yeah, you know, I actually saw some pictures of of uh, Israeli or IDF guys that they captured. Mm-hmm. And they look like Filipinos or something. Yeah, they got what. a real mixed. They've got a real weird racial thing going on there, and they've they've got um, and they you know they got the thing is about the IDF. What I was saying is they've got some very elite commando groups and special forces, and yeah. they've got a regular military, a volunteer military that's pretty good. It's not that big though. Yeah, but most of the troops are conscripts. Yeah, and they don't know what the hell they're doing, and they're scared yeah. out of their wits. And you see even pictures in this battle. Where these guys don't know what they're doing. They haven't been very well trained. They get called yeah. up for this, and they're like, now, I would not mess with like the top elite units who are probably, 
you know, like some of them might even be Americans and they're trained by, you know, they're trained yeah. by our top units. I mean, American special forces is probably like best special forces in the world. It's not like the, um, we have the best military in the world. We did at one point, but we probably don't anymore because again, our, the conscript troops or the volunteer troops in America are increasingly just low quality. It's like just mixed race people on drugs. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's not really good quality people anymore. But uh, the elite forces in America are super elite, and they work pretty closely with the elite forces in Israel. And so they've got, like, these top-tier special forces guys and their regular army, the guys that are not conscripted but volunteers. They're pretty good, too. And they've got, of course, the latest equipment and everything. But the average conscripted Israeli troop is wearing a diaper, and I'm not joking. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's something I remember from 73 that came out. And like I said, it was in a dissident. They were probably better back then because actually. Well, but it said that they had one of the highest uh, when they really was going at it with like, you know, state players, Egyptians and Syrians. The, the the percentage of Israeli troops with like shell shock and nervous disorder, it was like off the charts. It was higher than any other troops in the world. I mean, you know, when they really had to go toe to toe with with somebody that, and and but there are some tough ones. I mean, we painted one time. It was funny because the whole paint crew were like Nazi sympathizers and <laughs> and uh, Russian czarists and stuff like. But uh, we painted for a, a outside of Philadelphia, a Jewish neighborhood. It was a he was an Israeli paratrooper. And he was a big, tough-looking son of a bitch. Yeah, that guy was. You know, so there are a few, but yeah. but uh, yeah, rank and file is uh, it's a lot of hype with them for the most part. Yeah, you know, and, and they do stuff like you know they got like these uh, calendars of, of hot women in the IDF, and they sell them to you know retarded boomers in America, and they and they yeah. raise funds and stuff. Those aren't a lot of those women aren't even Jews. They're like Iranian. They're like Ukrainian sex slaves, and they and they put yeah them in yeah the IDF. They put them like an IDF uniform and, and make a model. They're not even Jewish. They're actually just kidnap, you know, sex trafficked women from Ukraine usually. Yeah, um, yeah. Which you can only imagine how many of them are in Israel right now. But oh um, man, well yeah, you. Uh, I don't think their Ukrainian housekeepers are going to be enough to even keep them there after this. Right. There's a lot of them. Are, well, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like they're they're going to want like a lot of people who don't want to live like that. Wealthy people. Like wealthy, kind of libtarded, westernized, soft people, you know, which a lot of Jews have become that over the last, you know, 50 years since they basically felt like their security was totally guaranteed by the best army in the world. It's like America totally feel like they're secure. And they made a lot of diplomatic gains like they've neutered a lot of the ability of these Arab countries to react. Like, they get the Jordanians are paid off, the Egyptians are paid off, the Syrians, they couldn't pay them off, so they started a civil war. They got rid of Gaddafi. Um, and uh, the Saudis, they're constantly you know, messing around, paying them off. They got rid of Hussein. You know, every single one of these things, if you think about it, the, any Arab coalition that could have formed in 1973 has been completely destroyed by a combination of diplomacy and, and war waged by the United States to completely neuter the ability of the Arabs to have a collective response to the Israelis, which would wipe them out if they actually did it. Uh, yeah. Even in 1973, you know, they had managed to not have a fully coordinated uh, Arab Arab response, uh, even when they were backed by the Soviets. Although the Jews almost lost that war. Yeah. And the only reason they didn't was, as you said, like when America came in, Nixon came in, and they just airlifted everything. They just dumped a whole bunch of, and frankly, probably troops too. They might not admit it, but probably they put our guys in Jew uniforms and had them go out and fight. Um, to save that. Well, so much of the intelligence, you know, the intelligence yeah. and, and the uh, covert ac- activities, yeah, the CIA, yeah. Uh, 
you know, special forces guys and yeah, who knows what all, but they, uh, yeah. but you know, the, the, uh, I always thought that back then people would say, if the Arabs will only unite, you know, and, 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 and they could do, but if you're an outsider, it kind of looks that way, but it's a little bit like our, like the move, the broader movement, our movement, yeah. you know, people might say, you know, if we have unity and all these groups join together, but, but when you're on inside, you know, there are so many real differences that it just makes it almost impossible. And I think it's true with the Arabs too. Of course, they're always there uh, stirring the pot and making sure to exasperate, uh, exacerbate, uh, exacerbate well, any of those, uh, differences, you know? Yeah. Well, striker is going to join us in a few minutes, uh, here, but yeah, well, but again, the other thing is though, that, America's actions in the Middle East and, you know, over the last 50 years, but particularly even since uh, 9-11, have made this very difficult. Uh, and this is also why they want to go at the Iranians, because they see the Iranians now are the main organizers, because the Iranians have an alliance with Syria, an alliance with, with – uh, or basically they run Hezbollah in Lebanon, and yeah. they, there's an axis of those, of those three uh, things. And the Lebanese – and Hezbollah waged a hugely successful war against Israel in 2006. Again, southern Lebanon was was pounded by bombs, uh, yeah. but the Hezbollah fighters actually staged a pretty effective fight against the IDF in that war. Yeah. And I remember that war very well. And then um, now we had Hamas doing it again, similar thing in, in, in 2021, and now we have this. I have not seen... This is the most successful Arab military action against the Jews in, in 50 years. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nothing well, like, like this. Even in 73, they were state players, Egypt yeah, and Syria yeah. mainly, right? These are the pal- – I have never seen in my life no, they Palestinians actually, themselves yes. actually put up this kind of a – And they a, are on their own, and what they're counting on is uh, basically what, what they actually need is the, the people of the various countries to make it impossible for these governments to stay out of it. Yes. And yes. they're also going to make it highly difficult – uh, this there's a normalization deal that they've been working on with the Saudis and the Israelis and the Americans have been get, got, working on this really hard because the Saudis are driving a hard bargain because they started diplomacy with Iran and even with Russia and they're basically huh. demanding all this stuff from America like they're demanding basically effectively a nuclear program uh, yeah. they want they want America they're like well if we're gonna you know we're gonna normalize you know we're gonna need to power our own grid with nuke, nuclear power so we can even further export all our oil and we want you to provide us with a civilian nuclear program which of course they'll probably also then use to make a nuke for themselves um, and so that basically they want America to do nuclear proliferation in order for them to sign a deal with the Jews and they kept talking in the recent weeks if you're paying attention um, if you're paying attention, uh, they they have talking about this getting closer and closer. Well, that's out the window now. The Saudis can't yeah. do it. Oh yeah, they won't yeah. be able to do it. Nobody. Yeah. That's the thing. Like the Palestinians have ruined any further diplomacy. Yeah. No the- government, Arab government, can possibly after this. And if the Israelis go full bore, this is the other thing. Did you know that the right stuff dot biz is one hundred percent listener funded? The only reason you're hearing this right now is because you're only getting half the show. There's so much content you're missing, and you'll never hear these ads again if you get behind the paywall at therightstuff.biz slash paywall. This is the counterbalance. There's two things. Like I said, we were talking about before we started. When things like that, this happen, I get, I get happy 
But then I start to worry because they kill – the Israelis kill so many of these Palestinians with utter ruthlessness and abandon. And I'm like, oh, man, they're going to – what are they yeah. going to do to them? Like this is going to be real bad. Like I start worrying like what's going to happen to all yeah, – they're going to yeah. kill. They're going to just go full bore and just – and America but is going to enable it. And it's disgusting. America's role I think, in this I think is really attitude. I think the attitudes uh, – you know, our favorite uncle one time said something that affected uh, uh, a horrible end – is better than an uh than horror without end you right. know right and so i think that's the state of the palestinians they're dying they're living like shit they got that that arrogant zionist boot on their throat you know for generations they, their grandfather had it, the boot on her throat and and they just they just don't care anymore and you know and that's the thing that's it's it's actually hard to genocide a people it's hard to to genocide a people it's it's mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, people find a way. And to me, it's amazing that, they, I mean, how the hell do you smuggle a SAM missile through Israeli security? I mean, they, they've been, apparently they've been stockpiling, smuggling stuff. They've, they've been got built- serious gear. It's not, yeah. it's not just like a lot of people have this idea that it's all bootleg stuff. Um, and, and I'll be honest, some of the hang glider attacks, that's crazy. That's a little bit bootleg, but, and I was showing like they had, you know, their videos where they're singing their nasheeds and whatnot. Yeah. And they're like they're like pulling the propellers on these hang gliders, and these guys are like taking off. And I'm like, wow, that's your air force. That's yeah, your yeah. air force. I think right? they were using. But, I think uh, that they were using that. I think that, I I would guess that they're using that to get over some of those yeah. uh, walls uh-huh. and, and yeah. minefields and shit. Yeah, yeah, they, they just doing. get like like commandos on the other side. Yeah, and, and then, then they get a foothold. Do, yeah, yeah. They yeah. Can start doing stuff. Yeah, that's. But what it's a, doing. It, you know when when people were desperate and they got nothing but time on their on, yeah. you know, on their side. They figure shit out, and it, it's a, and I just saw uh, also that the Israelis are they're calling up all their reserves, yeah, and they're they're rushing them to the Lebanese border because they're yes. really worried Hamas is going to they're worried the front will be opened up there, and and I was am sort of again hoping that it does, but it, that's where there's a big a lot of the Israeli regular military is, is mobilized there, and maybe Hamas doesn't want to fight them, but it's like. Hey, this do or die now. It's now or never. Like it's time to get into the mix. The yeah. other thing they might be worried about, though, is triggering an actual U.S. war on Iran. Because if Hamas, if, if Hezbollah just joins in, uh, it opens up another front with Israel in the north, essentially means now Lebanon is at war. The whole country of Lebanon will be at war with with Israel and the Lebanese, the you know fucking pussy ass bullshit Lebanese government probably doesn't want that. But they don't right. really have a good control. It's you know it's funny one of the one of the one of the countries America subsidizes a lot. The Middle East is Lebanon, and the reason is because they want the Lebanese government to be a credible competitor to Hezbollah for actual authority. But they're still just not. Yeah, just not. yeah. You know, Hezbollah got real smart after the Lebanon civil war in the eighties, and they stopped. They're not doing uh, fighting Sunnis and Christians anymore. They're yeah, like, no, we yeah. don't do that anymore. Like they, yeah, they actually. Yeah. They're like they're like allied with some of the Christian groups now in Lebanon. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, yeah, no, that's that that shit was dumb. That only helped the Jews. I'll that, tell you, I think that uh, that Jordanian lickspittle, he's he's probably uh, oh yeah, the, the, very yeah, uncomfortable yeah. Oh, at the yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, uh, well yeah. during the um, during the last war, you know, you had uh, Jordanian youth like running through the barbed wire between Jordan and the West Bank to like join protests with Palestinians yeah. uh, on the West Bank. The other thing is, what are the what are the what are the Arabs on the West Bank going to do? Because they've got 
a boss who's another Zionist tool. Who you know they talk about democracy, um, but they have elections in Gaza and Hamas wins. They haven't yeah. had elections in like almost twenty years because Hamas would in, win in West Bank because <laughs> yeah. Hamas would win, and so they've just yeah. got this Lickspittal Abbas. And then occasionally yeah. they go after him because he says stuff. He's got to say radical stuff to keep people from going too crazy. Once in a while, yeah, yeah. every once in a while, like he said recently. <laughs> yeah. He said recently, like he actually said he actually still got to stood up for Hitler recently. He said something like, "Look, it's not that." Hitler was anti-Semitic. It's the Jews were causing all these problems in Germany, <laughs> and like all the every country in oh, Europe man. is like condemning him and like how dare you say that, you know? Oh man, yeah. So yeah. you know, but it's like yeah. But I'm wondering. So the the militia in the West Bank is called Fatah, which is what's yeah. left over from the old PLO organization. Yeah, Arafat. And they they're armed too. You know, they've yeah. got weapons. They can go fight. So I'm yeah. wondering what their response is going to be because yeah, they didn't this join could... in last time either. I mean, the Gazans have been holding out all on their own. It's amazing, really. What yeah. Done. I mean, they're going to try to get the lid on this, but but but, but this thing could easily spin out of control. Well, I mean, if I they heard... start actually like genociding the Palestinians in the Gaza Strip, one, they're going to lose all these hostages. The, yeah. the, the Palestinians are going yeah. to kill them. Yeah. And yeah. and then they're not going to be able to contain the West Bank militias. Which yeah. are already going to have t- trouble cont- holding them back. I mean, any anybody in the West Bank right now who's trying to hold back their their militias and their because they got a few different groups in there yeah. uh, is is going to be seen as a fucking pawn, as a Zionist tool, and yeah. somebody trying to hold Hezbollah because you know they got fighters in those in those groups that are like let's fucking go, you know right yeah. you know you know you ha- they have them so right right uh, the question is like. And and it only will help the overall cause for more people to to attack Israel on more fronts. Yeah, well, I and, heard it. The, the the mosques, the mosques were all uh, blasting yeah. in, in Gaza to, yeah. for all the Palestinians to rise up mm-hmm. and wage jihad. And you then know? the Arabs inside Israel, you yeah, know, because they've been they've been attacking recently over the last couple of years. Or some one of them will just get an AK and just start shooting Jews. Yeah, where she see like uh, that, that one where there's a half a dozen of them or something standing on a street corner and a Palestinian bus driver, he just yeah. drove yeah. into them. You know? yeah. yeah, yeah, that's probably going to happen too. I mean, we don't know everything that's going to happen, but you know that they're freaking out about it. Yeah, uh, and they're worried about all these possibilities. If we can think of things that we'd like to have happen, they can, <laughs> you know, they can think of them too, right? And you know, but, something else I thought I saw a scene, the one clip, it was the Palestinians had. Uh, they drove into Gaza, and I think they had a, uh, a hostage, and they had a couple bodies, and and uh, in a pickup truck. And the Palestinians were uh, there was mobs of them, and they were cheering, and they were reaching over, and they were like hitting the bodies with sticks and stuff, right? And I could just see people like saying, "Oh, that's bar- barbaric," that's it. But it reminded me of scenes in '56 in Hungary when when the when the avo had uh, the the communist secret police had these hungarians and were torturing them and when the hungarians overthrew them finally and, and captured those guards and those sadistic torturers and they brutalized them they were hanging upside down in the street and they kicked them to death and and people were saying oh that's when hungary lost uh, sympathy you know when they those scenes but you know you're sitting around in your pajamas uh, thinking what kind of sandwich you want to make for lunch and all and and, and, and you, you know keyboard commando and you can have those thoughts but if you're if you're one of these people that's suffering under that kind of oppression for for generations actually and then you finally right. it, 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 the 
cards get dealt the other way. I mean, that's what people do. That's just the way it is, you know. Right, right. right. And so, like I, like I, like we were saying, you know, I do worry about the Palestinians and what will happen to them in, in the retaliation. But at the same time, it's like they're willing to take that on themselves. So, you know, that's that's good for them. And we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what's going on. I know a lot's going on. Striker said he joined us at two. Uh, it's, it's two now, but you know, he's always a little bit late, but, um, we'll, uh, you know, maybe he'll be on here soon. I added him to the call. So, okay. uh, hopefully I told him just, you know, just join when you get on, he should just be able to jump in whenever. So hopefully that'll be, that'll go on. Let me see. Yeah. Yeah. He should just be able to jump in. So, um, yeah. anyway, so whenever he do- he joins, that'll be, that'll be fine. But yeah, lots going, a lot's going on. Um, different information, CNN. Someone told me CNN is saying like seventy Jews are dead. I'm like, that's an undercount. Like they've the the, the New York Times is saying like three hundred at this point. So, wow. which is huge for 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 this for this. Uh, I mean, the fact that they over. I mean, they really caught these Jews sleeping, man. Like they they really caught them sleeping. Um and and yeah, I mean, there's going to be a lot of fallout from this. I don't know every. I don't. It's hard to predict because this is so volatile. If you're hearing this, then you're only getting half the show. Did you know that therightstuff.biz is 100% listener-funded? Thanks to this censorship machine, this project can only be sustained by listeners like you, by supporters like you. So why don't you get behind the paywall at therightstuff.biz slash paywall and show the powers that be that they can't silence the most silenced. What's going to happen? But um, it, it was very smart of them to take a lot of Jews hostage. And I've seen videos... On Telegram, from some of these uh, like resistance channels and such, where they ba- they seem to have, you know, Hamas guys surrounding basically entire in entire towns full of Jews. Like they've got them all captive, yeah. Um, and and they're surrounding them and they're yelling like Allahu Akbar and these Jews are like huddling it down. <laughs> you know, I mean that alone is worth it. <laughs> I oh my god! I mean, there were some clips. There was a one scene it showed of all these like like uh, Hasidic or Orthodox Jews r- running from the Wailing Wall. It was like a stampede, and I, I have to admit, I mean, I, I can't hide my delight. No, nah, there's no reason like to hide you know, it. it. I mean, yeah, yeah. these people are killing us, too. These people laugh every time a white girl gets brutalized by some nigger, you know, every time. Yeah, yeah Every yeah. time, like, you know, it's like these people are laughing at us. They're, they're, they're flooding our, our, you know, our ancestral homeland with all these people. You know, there was even some Jew I saw that was like, uh, we need to like we need to like go in and clear out all the Arabs in Gaza and send them to Europe. I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, oh, you know they would do so that. The plan, a, the plan in, becomes yeah. clear now. Oh, dude, my article that I wrote, which is like the last big long article I wrote two years ago on the NJP site, uh, it was a whole research into the whole plan of the Jews since the '60s yeah. was to deport all the Arabs to Europe. Yeah. Like it goes back. Like let me even let me even bring up some of this stuff. Let me let me because there's there's some important points here. Um, uh, you know about this. Like the uh, I had some links to some some articles that I want to. I they're in the, they're in the thing. I want to try and uh, yeah. Uh, well, that's that's perfect because they neutralize Europe. Oh and, yeah, yeah. You know, no, it's too. It's like and, and, they, and they empty out their neighborhood of birds of with, with one stone, right? Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what they want to do. So yeah. So here's a tw- 2013 article. From Haaretz. Interestingly, Haaretz sometimes exposes some of that stuff. That's like the, the sort of the libtard New York Times uh, paper out of Israel. It says, revealed from yeah. archive. 
Israel's secret plan to resettle Arab refugees. Plans drawn up during the 1950s and 60s had one overriding goal, to preserve the the demographic status quo by resettling the 1948 Arab refugees far away from the country. And, of course, the the countries are European countries. So it says, last month month marked the 50th anniversary of the assassination of U.S. President John F. Kennedy. Amid the flood of articles dealing with the traumatic impact of the event on American society. Wait, hold on. This is a different. This is a different. This is the same article, but I don't have the. I got to get the archive version of it because it's 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 cutting me off with a with a paywall. Uh, So I thought I had linked to the archive on my original article. Weird. Um. Well, let me get it up here. Uh, anyway, the, the plan basically talks about how Golda Meir and her government had come up with a plan to basically deport Palestinians to Germany. Um, okay, I got the archive version of it. Um, uh, uh, amid the flood of articles dealing with the traumatic impact of the event on American society, a modest place was devoted to Israeli-American relations during the Kennedy presidency, mostly in relation to Washington fears about Israel's nuclear project. Little, if anything, was written about the deep anxiety that prevailed at the start of Kennedy's term because of the president's initiative to resolve the Palestinian problem. This is very interesting stuff. At the conclusion of the first meeting between Prime Minister David Ben-Gurion and President Kennedy held in New York in the autumn of 1961, there was no longer any doubt about the Israeli side that the White House was working on a new initiative concerning the Arab refugees called the three-pronged approach. Ben-Gurion did not like to put it mildly. The idea presented to him by the president, which called for some of the refugees to be settled in Arab states, others overseas, and some to return to Israel. However, in deference to the president, the Israeli leader did not reject the idea out of hand. Since the end of the fighting during the War of Independence in 1948, the question of what would become of the 650,000 to 700,000 refugees, which is now in the millions, who yeah. had abandoned their homes and property within Israel's borders, had become a millstone around the country's neck. Some of the refugees had fled. Others had been encouraged to leave. Some had been expelled. According to one estimate, the property left behind by the refugees included more than 4 million uh, dumans of land. That's 1 million acres. 73,000 rooms and 8,000 stores and offices. Um, Anyway, let me go on here. Uh, So Kennedy's plan was to take the the Palestinians in refugee camps and interview them and ask where they wanted to go. And if they wanted to go back to their homes, if they passed the security check, meaning they didn't think that they would be a a, a terrorist threat, they would be allowed to return. And uh, the Jews did not like this at all. And in fact, Golda Meir, uh, this, this I guess, went on into her, her being the prime minister. She basically pulled every single string in America in order to get that whole plan shut down. And yeah. this, this, um, this, article, um, this article details that. They have another thing about um, – okay. when, when they say three-pronged, uh, you know, some of them stay in, the, in Arab – countries some of them go back to israel some of them go to other countries i'd like to see the percentages of of that you know like 90 percent of them go to germany and then like 10 or 5 percent other arab countries five percent back encouraging emigration as the idea that israel under international pressure this is another reason why jews had to take over all these countries so to like make sure that this pressure stopped 
might have to allow some refugees to return began to sink in. Jerusalem started to look for demographic solutions to balance out this prospect, starting with the premise that the birth rate among the refugees and among the Arabs was higher than among the Jews. The question policymakers asked was, would it be possible to reduce the number of the country's Arab population? I mean, <laughs> wild. Uh, in the midst of the... So then... Um, Yosef Weitz, a Jewish National Fund official, had been the driving force behind the committee's establishment, was appointed its chairman. One of his recommendations was that Arabs' abandonment of their homes should be considered irrecoverable fait accompli. Israel should support their resettlement elsewhere. Um, you know, they, anyway. just, they, they just say a line like that, yeah. It, wh- yeah. whether it would be possible to reduce the population. Imagine somebody saying that about Jews. Yeah. You know, say that it would yeah. be possible to reduce their population. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, or or say a, it about blacks. Imagine the outcry. But they just say that, and yeah. it's like, you know. It's a fait accompli. So here we go. Yeah. In the first half of the 1960s, the foreign ministry continued to examine plans to encourage the emigration of Arab refugees from the Middle East to Europe. So this has been a plan for a long time, particularly yeah. to France and Germany. One option that was considered was to find them jobs in Germany, which was in dire need of working hands. Right. During 1962, Israeli officials examined the possibility of finding employment for Palestinian refugee laborers in Germany. In 1962, Austria and Switzerland, the initial checks done for this plan known as Operation Worker, the correspondence involved were kept completely under wraps, but both Foreign Minister Mayer and her direct general Yahil objected to these ideas. Mayer was concerned that Germany would be flooded with Arab refugees and the whole scheme proved fruitless. So they were still worried in 1961 about what the Germans would do if they got the idea these Jews were flooding their country with Arab refugees. The other issue was that Germany was split at the time and one half of Germany being under Soviet control, maybe one third of Germany being under Soviet control. And so what would happen there, right? Um, so how would that be? Well, you you know, and the other, the other thing that this accomplishes for them, when you, when you, you know, bring all these Arab refugees, Muslims and all into these European countries, I mean, it's only natural that over time there's going to become like animosity between the the communities. Right. And so that makes it that much harder for a a German or a, a French government to have any kind of, uh, you know, good relations with Arab countries because the population is is coming to hate Arabs. You know, right. from well, that's that's the, all to the good because now they're like, well, you can exercise that hate by going and fighting them in in the Middle East on behalf. Right, of Israel. right. I mean, it all works out. You got to give them credit. They're yeah. they're, they're, yeah. they're yeah. yeah. No, this article I wrote uh, it's in depth how Israel created the European refugee crisis May twenty first May twentieth twenty twenty one by me. On the NJP site, it details all this shit. It's a pretty extensive research I did into all this. And it goes into that. That was sort of their first one. But it also goes into the fact, you know, all these fucking NGOs that are resettling these Arabs in Europe are run by Jews. It's run by Israel. Yeah, like, yeah. This is something that a lot of people don't know. On Lesbos, on the island of Lesbos, at least that's what it was a few years ago. They also got some on the southern, uh, southern Italy. And there's an Italian island where they're all flooding into now too, and yeah. and it's a it's a major off 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 ramp point, and it's all Jews that are running them, and the Israeli government gives them millions, tens of millions. Like uh, I think in 2021, the Israeli government 
gave sixty six million dollars to uh, one of these uh, one of these things called Israel which is a refugee aid is a, a, a NGO out of Israel. And uh, what they do is they get these. Sven needs me to sign up for a paywall subscription at the right stuff. Biz slash paywall. Okay, Sven, I'm your number one guy. I'll do it. These lib- liberal Jews, these left-wing Jews in Europe and America to go volunteer for these groups. And they, and they're basically there, you know, in Greece and in Italy, you know, landing these refugee boats and giving these people all aid and money and phones and shit like that to get they're they're, they're like they're, they're every they're everywhere yeah. in it, every nerve center that you got yep. you got a Jew and 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 the uh, their Jewish uh, you it know supremacism out. it all it all it's a glued it holds it all together you know it, it, it uh, yeah. and every single one of these 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 uh you know because they got these Jews these these soft these soft lip-tarded Jews in the West. Oh yeah, you 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 don't really like the idea of killing Arabs? Well, here, go to go to Greece, go to Italy, go yeah, to France, yeah. go to Germany, and become part of one of these NGOs to integrate them and be a good person, integrate them into the society, help them learn the language. Yeah, the good you know? benevolent Jew steps in, right? And, and, yeah, yeah. Oh, let's yeah. help these Arabs. We got to help right, them. Right, you know, we right. don't hate Arabs. We like them. That's why we're bringing them to Germany. Yeah, right. Yeah, and, right, and so, right. And so then, uh, you know. Um, Here's actually a quote uh, from, let me see. Okay, so the Jewish Agency, working with Mosaic United Organization, this is all from my article, on a joint project that is expected to dramatically increase the number of young Jews involved in giving back to their local community. This is coming from some of their propaganda. To American Jews, this is known as Tikkun Olam, or healing the world. The Jewish concept became a central tenet among the fourth-generation descendants of Jewish immigrants to the United States. The projects will be implemented all over the world, from Puerto Rico to Greece to Nepal, Mexico, India, Ethiopia, through organizations such as Israel Project 10, Tevel Bitzezek, and more. I can't, it's some Hebrew shit. For the most part, the only thing that makes Jewish students around the world, this is from, a, this is from one of the rabbis, one of the rabbis in, in charge of one of these programs, he says this, for the most part, the only thing that makes Jewish students around the world think about their Jewish identity is when there is a BDS anti-Israel boycott, divestment and sanctions movement demonstration on campus, or an anti-Semitic event somewhere in the world, says Rabbi Benji Levy, CEO of Mosaic United. Such incidents distance them from their desire to be Jewish or associated with Israel. Levy says the project was adopted by the Israeli government several years ago under the auspices of the Ministry of Diaspora's Affairs. The government will invest $66 million, which is a third of the budget. So this Jew gets it. He's like, yeah, all these liberal leftist Jews, like they, they don't like this stuff, but then they like just recruit them to do this stuff. Yeah. They recruit them to oh, settle man, the that... enemy into Europe. That's what, this, that's what Benji, Rabbi Benji Levy is saying. So, yeah, dude. I'm telling they you. They don't miss a trick. They everybody trick. that thinks that there's some way that it's not the Jews, or there's some way that we can be no, we gotta worry about the Arabs and the Muslims. It's it's not always the Jews, like the Arabs and the Muslims are coming, they're invading our homeland. No, it's the Jews that are doing that. It's yeah. it, the Jews are literally emptying their region that they want of their enemies and inflicting them on us. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, it would be probably good if we could bring that article that you wrote up to the top again because it's <laughs> super relevant right yeah, now. Yeah, I should just – I'm reposting it on Telegram. But everybody yeah, share yeah. it too. Everyone listening, share it yeah, around. Yeah, yeah. No, because that that's 
I mean, you know, it shows over and over again that we're, we're, we know what we're talking about. Because you say that stuff like, you know, there's so many examples of stuff you say a year, two years ago, three years ago, mm-hmm. stuff I remember from 40 years ago, people saying. And, it, sure. and it's all proven right. It, it just, it, you know. Get this. In 2018, Angela Merkel presented Israel with an award. <laughs> with an award. For their work in integrating Arabic speakers into Germany. Because, of course, these kikes in Israel are like, oh, Germany. Oh, you need, you don't have any Arabic, you need some Arabic speakers to come over and help integrate these. We got Arabic speakers. We got a bunch of intelligence agents to speak Arabic. (laughs) Boy, what nice, what nice people. They're very helpful. It's really always there to lend a helping hand. They're just always so considerate. So considerate. Why the anti-Semitism? <laughs> Why the anti-Semitism when they're when they behave like that? You know. Oh man, yeah. So that, that, that's another thought I had this morning. I so thought if you really want to uh, get They've mad. been screaming about rising anti-Semitism now. They've been screaming about it for like a couple of years now. Yeah. And well, well, it rose today in Palestine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So get this is from their own propaganda. Israel has been operating in Germany since 2015. When one million asylum seekers and refugees reached the country, most fleeing the brutality of the Syrian civil war, which they started, uh, and the threat of ISIS in Iraq and Syria, again, something started by Jews, Israel aid Germany's programs include refugee youth leadership, post-trauma psychological support for children, using expressive arts therapy, and a special program. A special program supporting survivors of the Yazidi genocide. Israel's team in Germany is a multicultural mosaic of Arabic, Hebrew, German, and English-speaking psychologists, social workers, art therapists, and educators. They utilize their international experience and intercultural approach to promote the sustainable well-being and integration of refugees in Germany. So any of you people out there that don't think it's just the Jews... It's just the Jews behind all of it. You're wrong. Yeah. It is them. They are the ones funding it, it, creating the conflicts, making the refugees run there from their homelands and be like, let's welcome you with open arms into someone else's country. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever read that uh, from from, uh, Bolshevism from Moses to Lenin? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, Dietrich Eckhart and his conversations yep. with, with with Hitler. Well, there's a part in there where Hitler said something. To, uh, he said it's like like astronomers when when they're looking and they they're, they're observing some uh, heavenly body and it's per- behaving in a certain way and it doesn't make sense why it's going into this certain orbit or doing mm-hmm. something. And he says, and then later on they dis- they discover. There's something that they couldn't see before, and, and it's the gravitational pull of that thing that's making this happen, and it right. explains it all. Yeah. And he said that's what history is with the Jews. You look at history, and some things are maybe a little confusing and wonder why this, that. He's, but, but when you're conscious of the Jews' role in history, right. everything make, it, it makes sense. Like, right. you know, it, 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 all like, it all makes sense. Yeah, yeah. and, and, and like the, this, this refugee uh, crisis and the wars now – all of this makes sense. And, you know, you know, we had this issue when that was going on, that conflict in May of 2021, where, OK, it sounds like Stryker is joining us. Oh. What's up? Takbir! Allah Akbar! Takbir! 
And that's the end of the first hour. Please go to therightstuff.biz slash paywall to sign up for a subscription so you can hear the second hour of this great conversation. Thanks a lot.